episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. I'm here with Kyle, which happens to be my brother-in-law, and we're in Faith Builders up in Guys Mills, Pennsylvania. Um, you're actually working on your graduate degree in theology and church history, and something you've talked a lot about that I found especially interesting is the will of God, especially the will of God as a way of life. Mm-hmm. Let's start by defining what do you mean by the will of God? What do I mean by the will of God? Yeah, small question. <laughs> <laughs> Basically everything. Um, yeah. To the will of God, it's maybe in its most general form, you could think of it like anything and everything that God has ordained hmm. and the things that God wants or the things that mm-hmm. bring God pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, but frequently when we talk about the will of God, it's it's really focused on knowing God's will. Mm-hmm. And I mean by that, like we're seeking direction, we're seeking to find our vocation or our mm-hmm. place in the great broad scheme of what God is up to in the world. So to kind of narrow it in, I'm going to be talking about mostly the will of God as a process of discerning and exploring and becoming what it is that God has for us. You can speculate a lot Mm -hmm. about what God might have going on in his mind, but the reality is if we knew that, he would no longer be sovereign or (laughs) transcendent. And those are qualities of God that he holds pretty closely. So Mm -hmm. we're not going to get around that one. It gets pretty practical. God reveals himself and we respond. So really, that that kind of brings me to the first distinction that I think we need to make if we're talking about finding or pursuing God's will. Uh, We first need to distinguish between the sovereign will of God, which belongs to him alone, and the revealed will of God, which is that which he sought fit to actually reveal to us Mm -hmm. as his created creatures. So just to distinguish them a bit more, the, the sovereign will of God is his that's his preordained purposes. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that he has planned to occur in the universe and in our lives, regardless of whether or not we choose them. Mm-hmm. Things that are independent of our choice. It's the secret will of God because we can't actually know everything that's in God's mm-hmm. mind. And really, a lot of the way the world is and who we are is independent of our choice. Those mm-hmm. are things that God has sovereignly decreed to be. Okay, so that's the sovereign Mm -hmm. will. Then there's the revealed will of God. Um, And obviously there's a way these overlap. There's ways they might be more in contrast. I'm just making a distinction for the sake of clarity. Mm -hmm. The revealed will of God is what we know through God's disclosure of himself, Mm -hmm. his self-disclosure to Israel, through the prophets, ultimately through Christ. If it's one thing we know about the will of God, it's that he wills to be known. He wants us to know him, and he does what he can to reveal himself to us. And ultimately, mm-hmm. our knowing of him comes through Christ. That's God's revealed will to us. Mm-hmm. So then within, within the revealed will of God, you can make even a number of maybe additional distinctions or clarifications, right? There's the moral will of God, and that's really what I'm focusing on. It's the moral will of God that's not only mm-hmm. what he has planned to occur, mm-hmm. but also what he desires, what's good mm-hmm. for us, and what he wishes for us, what he commands us to do, and what glorifies him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the moral will expresses what 
should happen, mm -hmm. and the sovereign will comes to pass without exception. Mm -hmm. In contrast to that, the moral will can be, can be disobeyed. We can choose to follow it or not. I think Moses' words, the words of Moses in Deuteronomy here are kind of helpful, where he says, uh, the, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our sons forever, hmm. that we may, may observe all the words of the law. So what God reveals, we follow, but there's a, there's a lot of things that we don't know. And uh, our, our task, our vocation as Christians, is to work within what's revealed, hmm. not to speculate on what we don't know. So what would you say is the nature of, of God's will for humanity in general, but then individuals in particular? What, is that, what does that actually look like? Uh -huh. Now we're getting even more practical kind of down, mm -hmm. to, the, down to the particulars. Right? Yeah, specific. Yeah. Okay. So again, we're, we're still working, I think, within the general category of God's revealed or moral will. You could talk about that two ways. First, there's the, the, the corporate will of God, mm -hmm. and then there's the, the individual will, which kind of ironically is where we tend to spend most of our time is looking at the individual mm -hmm. will and maybe hoping to get up to the sovereign as it relates to us. <laughs> I'm saying there's, there's the corporate will, and this is what applies to, to everybody, all believers mm -hmm. of all time, especially all Christians, mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, and because it applies to everybody, the, the, the corporate will of God is what we undertake in common mm -hmm. with other believers of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's our sense of purpose that comes from Christ's calling to follow me, even when there's no discernible supernatural intervention. Okay? Yeah. Um, or it's the part of our lives that we have to choose to participate in, because it's not mm -hmm. just going to happen through some kind of intervention on God's part. Uh, so I think, I think in this corporate will of God, there's things like in everything, give thanks. Um, love the Lord your God with mm -hmm. all your heart, and on and on. Um, it's about finding your place in Christ's body and His church. It's about uh, taking up your cross, which mm -hmm. is a command. It's 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 a destination. It's it's a way of life that's extended to all believers of all time. Mm -hmm. So that's the corporate will of God, and then the individual will of God, which again is where we tend to start from and really focus on, mm -hmm. is fit especially to an individual. It's the part of our Christian journey that is unique to us as individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about the tasks and the missions, about the gifts that God gives to us as individuals. And sometimes it's revealed to us through specific or direct or supernatural intervention. Mm -hmm. But when I describe the will of God as a way of life, um, even though it does include direct and specific supernatural intervention, the great bulk of our energy is actually given to pursuing the corporate will of God and allowing that to form us. Mm, okay. And out of that formation within the corporate will of God, our individual calling and vocation begins to emerge. We tend to reverse the two, and I'm saying mm -hmm. but, uh, mm -hmm. we should focus on the corporate will of God, and out of that is going to come the individual calling. Mm -hmm. So my question is then, if, if someone enters into this reality of God's will as a way of life, hmm. how does that change how they live? Mm -hmm. In shoe leather, what yeah. would you expect out of a person who's mm -hmm. living the will of God as a way of life? Yeah. Okay. I think that person would come to see, see the, the discernment of the will of God less like winning the lottery 
and more <laughs> like learning a new skill. Okay. Okay. I like that. I and, like that a lot. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's because, you know, this, this, is, um, this is something that isn't just natural. Like mm-hmm. Learning to live within the will of God is, is it's good for us. It's, it's the best possible arrangement of our nature in the world. Mm-hmm. However, it's something that's learned as well. Mm-hmm. It takes time. It takes endurance. Uh, it takes the ability to actually go through suffering sometimes. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you know, it's, it's not just a lightning stroke. It's not just like winning the lottery <laughs> and, ooh, I got it. Um, it's, it's like learning a new skill. And mm-hmm. that, that, that brings in, into mind, you know, certain characteristics of what you're going to expect of that person. And I'm just going to go ahead and kind of like list off some somewhat connected <laughs> contrasts, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that our view of the will of God would become, if we're living into the will of God as a way of life, it's going to become less informational and more dispositional or transformational. And I mean by that, that we would see God's will less about God just depositing ideas or direction into our minds. And then, you know, we kind of take up and follow after those directions and more about our transformation into the image of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. There's this, this, this renewing of the mind that happens. And uh, if all we're looking for is information from God, mm. that, that transformation of our minds doesn't actually need to happen. I think it's John Piper that says that uh, information does not require transformation. And what we're actually after is in, the, in, Roman tw- in Romans 12, we're after the renewing of our minds. Mm-hmm. And that changes how we see the world. It changes how we make decisions. It's not just about getting deposits of information from God. Mm-hmm. I think that this person would rely less on superficial methods, uh, like you know, lucky dipping, coin tossing, because these... these tend to avoid the, the difficult and hard work, the transformational work sure. of making wise decisions. Uh, we'd rely less on feelings because human feelings are fickle and they change quickly. We're, we're moody and our feelings are misleading. And I think also that this person would rely less on circumstances because circumstances often don't really clarify which way we should go. They might clarify mm-hmm. which way looks more difficult but they don't really clarify which way we should go. They just bring it to our attention that we need to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, And uh, because of that, we can't always rely on circumstances. Circumstances are unreliable sometimes. Another thing we would learn to do is, is care more about the, the little choices that we make every mm-hmm. day. We could, I could say this, I guess, differently. We, we, would, we would attend to the little things, the little mm-hmm. details, the little habits the little rituals, the little choices that this person makes, because it's not only the the seemingly large choices we make that make a difference in in the direction our lives take, but maybe especially the small ones, Mm -hmm. because these have a cumulative effect, which eventually just sets up the circumstances of our larger choices. So by the time Mm -hmm. we've already arrived at that choice, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of little choices that have kind of taken us in that direction. And maybe last, I think that... uh, this person who's living the will of God as a way of life would learn to live with the ambiguity that all of this brings. <laughs> because <laughs> as much as we like clarity and as nice as it would be just to like have a window into the sovereign mind of God and know what the outline of our life is going to be like, mm-hmm. um, the ambiguity too serves a purpose. 
and it's it's instructive. It's good for us to live to that. But the person's that that's a skill to be cultivated as well of living in the ambiguity. So you were just saying what it looks like if a person lives this way. Mm-hmm. How does one actually cultivate that in their lives? Like how does one actually get this ability mm-hmm. to cultivate the will of God as a way of life? Mm-hmm. Well, I like how you're talking about it. Like mm-hmm. to um, you know to to live the will of God as a way of life is to live the life of cultivation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the life that isn't only you know fixed on instant gratification, but it also <laughs> starts to take into account those long-standing sorts of dispositions and attitudes and mm-hmm. habits that you just do over and over and over again, mm-hmm. whether or not they're amazing or great or anything, because they're transforming you. Mm-hmm. And it's living into both an identity and a way of viewing the world that only later has effects. But sometimes the, the, the gratification isn't right there, right up front. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, one of the first things that I would suggest to a person who's wanting to live the will of God as a way of life is, well, first pray. Okay, Pray for the Holy Spirit's illumination. Mm-hmm. Pray for uh, Pray for wisdom. Pray for your transformation and pray for that, especially, maybe especially when, when things get difficult, mm-hmm. when it's not just easy, when it's not just amazing or when prayer seems to be something of a drudgery. Those mm-hmm. are the times to pray because you're cultivating your life in the will of God. And that said, it's, it's not just a natural disposition. It actually takes work. So pray, read, read scripture. Read scripture in a way that that helps you to remember it, that helps you to understand it, Mm -hmm. that helps you see the world through a scriptural lens and and evaluate your options and your opportunities creatively because of that background of scripture. So it's not Mm -hmm. just about the information. It's about reading scripture in a way that transforms your mind, Mm -hmm. changes how you think about the world. That's that's, that's conversion. It takes time. Mm Um, I'd also suggest that, uh, that you read good books, uh, mm-hmm. read reputable authors, read classics, read things that stretch you to the brink of your comfort zone in terms of mm-hmm. your ability and then pushes maybe just a little bit <laughs> beyond sometimes. And, uh, just realize that that's part of the process of growth. You know, there's mm-hmm. discomfort, you'll be out of your comfort zone, and, and that's okay. But read those books anyway if they mm-hmm. push the margins of your ability that may be where you're supposed to be for at least some of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, this person should uh, engage spiritual disciplines like fasting, like solitude, hospitality, mm-hmm. the Sabbath. These, again, are these are all slow working sorts of habits that after a while they, they change a person's disposition. Mm-hmm. I'd suggest that that uh, that we surround ourselves with people, but not just any person, but surround ourselves with people who are like the kind of person you'd like to become. Mm-hmm. Um, so choose friends that are like that sort of person who you'd like to be. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty profound influence on, on the direction we take. Another one, um, capture habits. You know, habits are just basically, they're, they're like choices that have become ingrained into our lives through repetition. Uh, so first, if you're going to capture a habit, we need to become 
conscious or aware of the habits that we have, and then we can learn to condition them. And I'm convinced that that, that capturing habits is, is a way of forming the direction of our lives in a way that's much mm. more powerful than just making abrupt decisions. Although mm. these decisions can be important sometimes, get those habits, get a hold of them, cultivate them, cultivate mm. godliness in them. And this is ultimately something that's really going to steer a life in one direction or the other. Limit your options. I, as a culture, we're obsessed and we have the resources to go ahead and just kind of live into this obsession. We're obsessed, obsessed with the accumulation of options. Mm -hmm. We tend to think that the more resources we have and the more options that are open to us, the better off that we're going to be. Mm -hmm. But some of the reality seems to be that kind of ironically, the more options we accumulate, the more confused and disoriented and paralyzed we tend to become. Mm -hmm. So there's actually only a limited number of options that we can really do well to engage. So just a suggestion to uh, live into uh, simplicity and stability, make those priorities rather than just perpetually expanding the options that we have. I think exploration is worthwhile, right? But at the end of, of, at the end of that exploring, our options should be stability, staying somewhere and saying, I'm going to go deep here, and this is my little domain, and I'm going to be working in here for a substantial portion of my life. I, I think those are, those are good goals to have, not just endlessly exploring things. The person who's living the will of God as a way of life, well, I'd, I'd suggest that we stop asking questions like, will I go to hell if I do this or don't do that? Or what is wrong with wh whatever it is we're entertaining? Or why can't I do this? If you're chafing mm -hmm. against authority asking that question. Instead, ask questions like, is it expedient? In other words, does it, does it move forward the program of God or does it set it back? Ask, does it edify? Uh, does it improve the, 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 the spiritual status of those around you? Or does it pull them back? And maybe another question, does it enslave? Is it increasing the command of the Holy Spirit over our bodies? Or is it decreasing the command of the Holy Spirit over our bodies? Mm -hmm. And maybe the last one is, I, I think, that we should be willing to, to voluntarily take up our cross. Because the, the deepest challenge we seem to face is to renounce self and renounce our identities and instead identify with Jesus in his mm -hmm. sufferings and crucifixion. This might include the, the, the taking up the cross can include the, the inner conflict that comes with making tough choices and in surrendering ourselves, surrendering our wills. And it can also include the, the outer conflict that mm -hmm. comes when we actually take on difficult circumstances. There's financial consequences, there's social consequences, mm -hmm. there's, there's the possibility of even like physical pain because of taking up our cross and following Christ mm -hmm. in voluntary self-surrender. So that's something, again, I think that's, that's not that's anything but natural, but that's something mm -hmm. that comes with choice, it comes with repetition, and uh, like a lot of spiritual disciplines, even taking up our cross is something that, that comes as a cumulative effect, and not mm -hmm. often just as a momentary choice. So some skills, I think, some habits, a few attitudes that that person might possess or might be developing. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the, 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 the big concern when, when I talk about living the will of God as a way of life, it's, a, it's really a setting of priorities because mm-hmm. many times it seems that, well, we, we can get caught in the details of life and lose the big picture, the big perspective. But when we seek the will of God as, as just information, just God giving us deposits of direction, many times we're, we're seeking, it feels to me, we're seeking the blessing of direction without necessarily seeking the audience of God himself, and especially not of seeking uh, our own transformation. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, he, he, he comes and he, he tells us that he, he is the way, he's the truth and the life. And the life of Christ is Christ himself. It's, it's not the mm-hmm. bread that he gives us. It's not the healing that he provides for us, or those, although those mm-hmm. things are important. It's, it's, it's him. It's being in him. It's having him in us. It's living with his energy, chasing after his purposes. It's loving what he loves and, and, and seeking him and seeing him form us until we're actually like him. And that's mm. what life is. That's the, that's the essence of what life, mm. life in Christ is. So people who live for Christ's audience alone, they're, they're ruled by that supreme passion. It's the passion to, to be like Christ, to mm. meet him, to enjoy him, to know him, to reveal him, and ultimately to be like him. And I think when you really get to the bottom of all of the haze and the, 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 the difficulty we have making our way through our lives, we can understand that that is God's will, and that's our vocation. For more information about Anabaptist Perspectives, to read our blog, to donate, and to see videos of the conversations you hear on this podcast, visit anabaptistperspectives.org. We'd love to hear from our audience, so leave your feedback in the comments for this podcast or send us a message through our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.